Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive this morning is from the Gospel of John chapter 11 verses 1 to 45. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him with Mary, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. 
Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to, him, to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Many of you, as good farmers, have learned how to take advantage of every opportunity, right? There is a time when it is right to plant, and you have to take advantage of that time before it is past. There is a time when it is right to harvest. There is a time in the winter when you take advantage of the downtime to clean and fix your your tractors and other instruments. Similarly, many of us know how to take advantage of sales at the grocery store and of auctions to get things for cheaper than we normally would. I was just talking to a member of the church this last week who mentioned how they always eat whatever's on sale at the grocery store. I think a lot of us probably do that. Many of us know how to take advantage of earthly opportunities, and that is what Jesus is talking about in our text, except not earthly opportunities, is he? He's not at a grocery store, and he, he didn't come to farm the earth. Jesus has come to fight death, and he takes advantage of every opportunity to go to battle against death for our sake. That's what Jesus means in verse 9 of our text when he tells us are there not 12 hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. He's reminding us when the sun rises, that is our opportunity to rise from sleep and get work done while it is day. The lazy man will say in his heart, I'm going to sleep, I'll work later. And before he knows it, the night comes and he's lost his opportunity to get the work outside done. The disciples in our text similarly make excuses not to, go to, not to go to Bethany, don't they? The Jews are seeking you. They are trying to stone you, Jesus. Why would you want to go there? But Jesus responds, here is an opportunity. An opportunity to do that which I came to do, to do battle with death, to call the dead back to life, and I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity the Father has given me. This is what we've seen Jesus doing the last four weeks throughout our Lenten sermons. We started with Nicodemus. There was an opportunity there for Jesus to call one back from the dead, wasn't there? We talked about the woman at the well of Samaria. Jesus was tired from the day, but he wasn't going to rest when here was this opportunity to do battle with sin and death. Uh, we had John chapter 9, the man born blind, and Jesus said something very similar there. 
I must do the work of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. In other words, he was telling his disciples, here's another opportunity to do battle with death. Jesus came for this purpose, to destroy death. And that's exactly what he does in our text. He destroys death, both physical and spiritual. The life which Jesus gives in our text is not just the physical life that he gives to Lazarus, but also the spiritual life which he gives to many of those who heard and saw. Jesus' words call the dead Lazarus out of the grave to physical life, but the same words call many out of death and darkness into the light of Christ. In verses 25 and 26 of our text, Jesus reminds us, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. When we first read these verses, we might assume that this is simply a repetition. I am the resurrection and the life. They sound very similar, and they are similar, they are parallel, but they are also two separate promises. And each one is explained by Jesus in one of the two following sentences. His first statement, I am the resurrection and the I am the resurrection, is explained when he says, He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Here Jesus is talking about the physical resurrection which he promises us on the last day, that he will raise our bodies. He who believes in me, though our bodies may die, yet they shall live. I am the resurrection. He is promising that he will raise our bodies as he did Lazarus. I am the life. This is explained by the next sentence. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. With these words, Jesus speaks of the spiritual life which he gives to our souls and promises that those who have received this life, who are born again through his word and through the water of baptism, our souls shall never die. They live with Christ now and will always live with him into eternity. Jesus has come not just to conquer spiritual death, but to conquer both to raise our souls and our bodies. And he demonstrates this with power in our text this morning. Jesus sends us out to do the same battle which he came to do, doesn't he? We are very good sometimes at taking advantage of those earthly opportunities I mentioned before, sales at the store, auctions, and other earthly opportunities. But we are not always so good at taking advantage of the spiritual opportunities that God has given to us to work for the kingdom. God sent Ezekiel in our Old Testament reading to preach to a pile of dry bones. And there's very little doubt that our nation, America today, is an even larger pile of dry bones than that which Ezekiel saw. Preaching to a pile of dry bones seems useless. And so often, and so also, it seems like sharing God's message 
with many in our society also seems useless and pointless. We assume that they will not listen. But Ezekiel goes at the command of God and preaches to the dry bones and through the Spirit they begin a rattling. And Jesus fills them with life through His power. He has promised us that same power is at work through His Word. When we share His Word, that same power that gave life to those bones, that same power that called Lazarus forth from the tomb works through His Word in our life and in the lives of those that we share it to call them out of death. Those sa that same Word calls us out of the death of our own sin and selfishness to life with Christ. Jesus commands us, go and make disciples of all nations. The word go there does not mean go to a distant continent. The word go there means as you are going about your business, watch for those opportunities that God has put in your life to share that message, to do battle with death. We live in a society that has very successfully convinced most of us that topics of God and religion are a private thing that we ought to keep to ourselves or maybe only talk about on Sunday morning with our fellow church members. But Jesus does not keep his word private, does he? He specifically goes to Bethany, only two miles from Jerusalem. His disciples warn him the Jews are seeking your death. They're going to hear and see you if you're in Bethany. That's part of the reason Jesus goes to proclaim his power, to show his power even to those who are seeking his death. You know, when I was in India, I found that there was a culture there among many of the pastors, not all of them, but many of them, there was this culture of leaving their sermon preparation till Saturday, the day before, they had to preach. I would often try to convince them that this was not such a good idea. You never know what might happen. You might get sick. You might need to go visit one of your members in the hospital. In my own case, my daughter might be in the hospital again. I might lose the weekend for that, for that reason. You never know what's going to happen. It's a good idea to take advantage of your time earlier in the week to prepare your sermon. In a similar way, it's a good advantage for us to take advantage of every opportunity lest the night comes and you find that you've done little in the battle for the kingdom. Nevertheless, we know how badly we have failed because of our sin, because of our fear, the same fear the disciples had. We know how badly we have failed to take advantage of those opportunities that God has given to us. Because of our sin, Christ continues to do battle with death in our lives, just as he did in the life of Lazarus. The name Lazarus is shortened from the name Eliezer, which means God has helped. Certainly that name is appropriate for one whom Jesus raised from the dead, but it's appropriate for us as well, those whom God has helped, those in, whom, in whose life Jesus still does battle with death, those in whose life Jesus still seeks opportunities to show his glory to us. 
Nothing has changed since his ascension. Just as his word called Lazarus from the tomb, so, so also his word works in you today to forgive your sins and call you out of death. So also the sacrament that we are about to receive is Jesus doing battle with our sin and with our death. He gives life to us in, bo- in soul and in body. Just as his word gives life to our soul, he provides food and everything our body needs so that we may know his goodness and trust in him. He allows sin and death and suffering to affect our life so that we might recognize our sin, repent, and have life in him. He heals us from diseases and gives us strength to stand so that we will see his mercy and have life in him. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He gives life to our bodies and our souls. You know, there was a common belief among the Jews of Jesus' day that the soul lingered around the body for three days after the body died, and that therefore resurrection might be possible within three days. But you notice that Jesus in our text purposely waits till the fourth day, perhaps for that very reason, in order to show without any doubt that he has power over life, that he calls the soul back, even from death. He has come to destroy death. This is who our Savior is, and this is who we are as well. We often refer to those believers who are still on this earth as the church militant, Girded in the breastplate of righteousness and holding the sword of the Spirit, we go forth with our Savior to do battle with death. In our text, Thomas has no idea how wrong he is. In verse 16, he says to the other disciples, let us go with him that we may die with him. But the apostles did not find death. When they went with Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus did not find death when Jesus came to them. And those many Jews who saw did not find death in Jesus' words, but life. We do not follow Jesus in order to die. We follow him in order to live. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.